0: What is up, guys? Welcome to Instagram Marketing Secrets episode 73. Today, we got another interview. Boom! Back to back interviews for you guys. Today, we got Chanel Whitley. She is a micro influencer, a body positive model, and she's really carved out a niche so that she could monetize her Instagram long before most other people can. Most people have to wait till you know, at least 10, 20, 30, 40,000 followers before they start to actually make money. They might get some free products here and there, but because she was able to find her niche, and you'll hear all about it, I'm not gonna get into it right now, she was able to start charging even like two, three, $400 per post despite having right around 12,000 followers just because she had a targeted audience for a specific niche. So this is gonna be a great episode for you if you're an influencer or you're wanting to become one, even if it's just on a smaller scale, if you just want to become an influencer at a level that might get some free stuff here and there, awesome. Um, as far as if you're an e-commerce business, any kind of online entrepreneur, of course, there's always value sprinkled throughout every episode, but this one is mostly going to be her journey of start to today, um, You know, from where she started to where she is today, of her first year of being very serious as an influencer on Instagram. She has been social media, uh, active on social media um, long before this last year, but uh, Instagram is what really took off for her in the last year. And we're just going to go through her exact timeline and how she did it. And I really hope you enjoy this episode, guys. Quick word from my sponsor, and then let's get into it. All right, guys, I am here with Chanel Whitley. Uh, she is El Paso's finest influencer. She has got a brand centered around being um, a mom, a plus size uh, model that is very health forward and being uh very local to the El Paso area. She's got a large local following and it's been able to get her um a lot of deals just because she's found such an awesome niche, so she's at about just under twelve k followers right now but has already been able to significantly monetize her page so wanted to have her on the show because i know some people that are like oh i need to have like 200,000 followers before i'll even be an influencer how long is that even going to take but if you do it the right way how she's going to teach you on today's show then you may find quicker success so Chanel how you doing today I'm good i'm so excited <laughs> yeah i'm glad to have you on thanks for reaching out a lot of my in- interviewers actually tell me they're like hey you should have me on the show so we got to talking and I was like all right you got you got the numbers we can
1: I know I had to earn my spot
0: (laughs) yeah I was like hold on let me ask you like 20 questions first (laughs) but um picking up the kids in a little bit right yep yep okay but we got time yep we got time so we're good (laughs) okay It, I'll, maybe I'll see them in the background banging on the windows trying to get in and you can be like, well, oh no, I'm at
1: work. So I'm in my car outside my work office. I was like, okay. my husband can go get the kids. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll just <cool>. hide out.
0: <laughs> so no crying babies or anything that we have to worry about. Um, but uh, let's just get right into it and go with your origin story. I know Instagram is in essentially where you started uh, getting accustomed to social media. You said you started on on Facebook. Tell me a little bit about that and your transition to Instagram.
1: Yeah. So I started out on Facebook as, um, many of us, uh, older millennials <laughs> are die hard Facebook fans <laughs> and I live and died Facebook. I was like swore by it. And I didn't never understood Instagram. I dabbled in it. I just couldn't quite get it. And I joined my social media, like, uh, journey, I guess, other than like a personal account, Started when I joined an MLM back in 2017, and I worked it mainly off my Facebook personal account. I got a little bit of bad Instagram training, um, and so I dabbled on in Instagram back then, but still mainly stuck to Facebook until um, 2018. I joined a different MLM and I did really well there, and they actually had really good social media training, so I uh kind of did Instagram and Facebook at the same time um but yeah then in uh the beginning of this year is when I really hit the ground running with
0: Instagram (laughs) going full-time on it was your engagement or reach and things like that on Facebook going down that kind of made you want to switch over or did you just finally be like all right everyone's on Instagram I've denied it long enough Um no, so
1: from a business sales standpoint, I did really well on Facebook, I think because of those like personal connections that you have there. And um I made it to the top three percent of that MLM and I was doing really well, but I just kind of got burnt out of that industry. So um since I had dabbled in Instagram a little bit, um and someone finally showed me, I like asked some girls who are good at it and I was like, I think I could actually do something here.
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And
1: so I guess because it was a little newer, a little more uh, modern, (laughs) it was, I took it kind of as a challenge. I was like, I think I can make something out of this. Um, Something that I used to swear I would never do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's funny. Whenever a new one comes around, even when Facebook came around and MySpace was really still popular, it's always, uh, it takes a lot of effort before like Everyone's like, okay, let's let's all go over,
1: but take note because I almost wish I would have done it sooner, kind of like with YouTube because you get yeah. in that like, and I still feel like Instagram's in that a little bit, that newer like uh time period, but sure. definitely, I probably wouldn't have wish I wouldn't have fought it so much
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's always a little easier in the uh ear- well in the earlier stages, but you have been active on Instagram for just about a year." And are already getting to that 12K mark, uh, which is really impressive uh, as just a personal brand uh, that's not, you know, doing any reposting or anything like that. Uh, Tell me a little bit about, uh, you said you got some bad Instagram coaching at the beginning. Um, So clarify real quick that it wasn't me, and then I'll ask you more about it.
1: (laughs) No, it wasn't you. And I guess I should um, say this because I know there's probably a lot of people that listen to your show that are in direct sales or network marketing. And uh, I did, there was like a girl at the time who had built a successful business off Instagram. Um, Supposedly, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but that oh. was the story, and she set, put out these coachings to follow and follow, cold message people, and that was my first experience with Instagram. And I did it, and I did it tirelessly. <laughs> and you like do automation software, as um, well? yeah, they didn't coach me about that, but I think it was popular around that time back in okay. twenty seventeen. So I think somewhere along the way. I found that and so mixed with all of that combined it was just not a good (laughs) combination for Instagram whatsoever. And I'm still recovering actually from that. Now did it how would you say that doing
0: too much follow on follower automation software. Did it get you any, any blocks? Did it just find you weird followers?
1: Um, I definitely think I got shadow banned at some point, but I wasn't active enough on Instagram that it really mattered. Okay. (laughs) But the part that I'm recovering from now is not that so much, but my engagement rate. So for having 12,000 followers, it should actually be a little higher than it is. And, uh, I think once I get to twenty or thirty or forty thousand like it'll even out, but it's a it's not worth the price to pay to have to recover your engagement rate for that
0: yeah, because it, it really is just if they're not liking your stuff or engaging with it then it the only thing it helps you with is just the overall look of your total follower account which does yeah. help a little bit, but I mean people get engagement even if you're not an Instagram marketer, and it always certainly. Looks a little strange when they don't match up. But I have seen that you did just have a post recently that got about 1,100 likes too. So, you know, everyone's got a spread. It looks like you always get like at least 250, 300 pretty consistently. And then you've got that content that, that actually makes it through and starts trending on the algorithm, which is the name of the game. So I think that's what people really want to know is what were the actual switches that made it so... You just started trending and you just started finding new followers. Um, Tell me about like the, the major big things when you actually, your content started clicking with people.
1: Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? So I think the very first thing was Lightroom presets. Okay. <laughs> like, I, overnight when I started using them, uh, people on Facebook that were following me on Instagram, like close friends were like, what are you doing with your photos? Did you hire a personal photographer? Uh-huh. <laughs> and like, overnight, people just started taking me more serious. It was crazy. And then uh, hashtag strategy was a big one. and then, uh, More, like, well-thought-out captions. Okay, better captions. Okay,
0: so tell me about uh, hashtags specifically. Uh, uh, That's when you started branding yourself as, like, I want to be, like, an El Paso influencer. So you started using uh, some local hashtags, or what was it, like, some hashtag research trick that was necessary for you to do? I
1: can't remember how I figured it out. This is probably, like, a trial and error thing. Okay. But I guess I thought about it from, like, if someone who do I want to find me or how do I find people? Sometimes it's easier to think like, how do you find people? Mm -hmm. So, um, I was like, I want local people to find me. I want military wives to find me. because I'm a military wife. I want other moms of four to find me. Um, so I kind of branded myself with hashtags and the big one was local because I didn't know it at the time, but after I started getting more brand collaborations and, uh, ad campaigns, I realized these people are finding me because of my location. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you just started uh, to, to own the smaller hashtags. Uh, and that's yeah. something that a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'm using small hashtags and they're not working, but it's, it still matters what they are because at the end of the day, it's just who's on the other side of that hashtag, who's actually following it. So you kind of reverse engineered that approach of who do I want to follow me? What hashtags would they be liking or following? then use those not it's not just about the size of it right
1: yeah i only i usually try to get hashtags that have at least like 15,000 okay and i try to stay under like a million <laughs> that's exactly. kind of my range
0: <laughs> yeah exactly that that's still a, a good size and I, I never really recommend anyone go over 10 million unless you know you got like
1: yeah but i always like more. the 15k 100k that is of hashtag.
0: Okay, but they also made sense with what you're posting and made sense with who you're looking yeah. for and everything like that. Um, so the captions is another big thing. And I think a lot of influencers, that's almost one of the things they struggle with more. If they're, they're good at taking pictures and they, they love to be on camera or they have a photographer that takes pictures of them or whatever, they've got that part down. And then they want to just say, Check out my cute dress, but I know you're kinda of telling me like once you made the switch from just explaining what the photo is obviously about to actually teaching something. That was Yeah. Kind of cool.
1: So I did a lot of like I listen to a lot of podcasts and I try to like see people who are successful and like see what they're doing. And I notice the accounts I resonate with are usually telling like a story or something more emotionally like provoking. Um, and I think people get caught up because this is just my opinion. So you can tell me what you think.
0: Uh
1: Um, a lot of the bigger bloggers, they do post, this is my, look at my dress, happy Friday. And they get like 10,000 likes or whatever, even 20, 30, 40,000 likes. I don't know. But I think smaller influencers try to copy that kind of thing and it Uh doesn't really work for them. And I don't know if it's just because like times are changing. So you have to be more like attention or not attention seeking, but like uh, emotionally like resonating with people. Uh-huh. Um, but I've noticed that if I Are post- some of these
0: bigger influencers you're talking about ones that are just made from Instagram or it's like the girls from The Bachelor that now have a lot of followers? No, I,
1: them too, probably, honestly, like celebrities can do it. And I feel like big influencers are almost on that level. Uh-huh. So I feel like they can put, like Beyonce can post a post that's like...
0: With no caption.
1: No caption, yeah, yeah. an emoji. Like, exactly. <laughs> and, and it, but that's not going to work for the average person. Mm-hmm. And so I see a lot of smaller bloggers and influencers doing it, and I'm not going to, like, barge in their DM and be like, you should make more provoking captions. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, like, I notice it even with myself. When I'm being lazier, I don't have the heart behind it. I'm just trying to post, post, to post. <laughs> uh Sorry, I didn't mean to say it like that. I'm <laughs> just trying to post a post to say that I posted for the day. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't do very well. And sometimes it's not even worth posting at all for me personally.
0: Sure. Yeah. If you're not having like the, a lot of value to communicate, then yeah, yeah, when you your photos don't get liked is how engagement goes down. So yeah, it is kind of better just be like, hold on, let me wait until this is a little...
1: Quality over quantity. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what kind of captions resonated the most with your audience and i know that this is going to be you know a matter of your audience as well as like what you can you're actually good at writing um did you like to be educational and give like mom tips did you like to be uh more just opening up and identifying with people in that way
1: so my brand since i am like a body positive influencer um my brand has been more about like being vulnerable in that sense, which once you're vulnerable so much, it doesn't even feel vulnerable anymore. <laughs> once you post enough like okay. body image shots, you're like, whatever, they've seen it all. Which goes to say, if you feel uncomfortable, just put yourself out there and your comfort level will increase. Um, not saying you have to go on Instagram in your brown underwear, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I've tried it. It has not worked for me. What'd you say? I, I've tried going on in my bra and underwear and I've had to archive the post because they didn't a <laughs> yeah. very selective group liked it so.
1: oh my gosh <laughs> um so uh for me it's more about like opening up and being like vulnerable because a lot of people once you start realizing you're being vulnerable you'll find an audience that resonates with you and not everybody will, but mm-hmm. you'll find the people that do. But if you don't open up and you're just posting vague, like, happy Sunday, <laughs> like, who is going to relate to you with a caption like that? Like, no yeah. one's going to know anything about you.
0: So not being so surface level with Yeah, like people
1: connect with people because they feel like they know them or yeah. that they share a common, like, pain point.
0: It, totally. Yeah, yeah even if they're like they like the caption and then they're like i like this person so i will like the photo yeah like happen, if i post right? a
1: vulnerable post i'll get like 100 plus follows oh wow which for my like for my account or my size of account that's probably not like good for a uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, someone really with five hundred thousand followers probably would want a higher number than that
0: <laughs> yeah. which is how
1: bigger accounts grow faster um it's more but, about that ratio of how
0: many people saw it that then followed you? Like, if that ratio is good, then... I will
1: notice the paper airplane is, like, high when I post photos like that because people are sharing it or whatever. Yeah. And they're following, and the reach is high. Whereas if I post just, like, an outfit post, which I do sometimes (laughs) because sometimes I have a collaboration or something where I have to post just, like, an outfit and here's who sent it to me or whatever, um, they get, like, I don't know, like, 25% of what the, good like, my... Well thought out post, get
0: okay. Gotcha. When you're doing actual promotion for a for a company, yeah. then yeah, it's yeah. gonna be more centered to what they may have even told you to say. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so before we jump into how you've been able to monetize, tell me the what came first: the desire to be an influencer, or you just being yourself and followers coming, and then you're like, I'm gonna run with this further.
1: I think a little bit of both. So I'm always striving for more like in my like entrepreneurial mind. (laughs) And so I think I saw that I could make something out of it, but I didn't know what, I didn't know how it worked, but I'm the Mm -hmm. type of person that was like, I'll figure it out later. Like I'll start now. I'll figure it out later.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and you also had like the, the MLM. Um, yeah, it, and you're not involved in an MLM right now, correct? But right. you've done a couple, and yeah. that that almost inspired you a little bit to take it more seriously.
1: Yeah, uh, well, because social media is such a big part of MLMs now, you have uh-huh. to have a good social media presence for that. Usually, um, so I learned a lot from that, as far as that goes, but. I was burnt out, like, to me, an MLM, at that point, once I kind of got burnt out, I was wanting to do something for myself, Mm -hmm. because even though you you technically, like, they say you work for yourself with an MLM, you kind of don't, because most of them have teams now, and you work under someone, and it's, you don't, it doesn't feel like you work for yourself. Okay. (laughs) So, I was like, I just want to do something that's mine, like, I'm in control, whatever. But I actually didn't understand how affiliate marketing worked, how ads worked, any of that. I just was like, I'm going to dive in and I'll figure it out as I go. Yeah, yeah. Just
0: add one thing at a time.
1: I definitely, when I started, I just wanted to, I knew that I wanted to be different as in I wanted to make more of an impact than just like make it a business. Okay. So Gotcha. That's why I say it's both. <laughs> okay, cool.
0: It always, yeah. always like just social media in general. Um, but yeah. yeah. Once, once there's other motives in it, then it, it makes it easier to know what you should post as well and who you're going for. Um, yeah. So kind of just snowballed from there. Yeah. Um, so the, when, at what follower level was the first deal that you ever got made even if it wasn't money you just got something for free what was that that follower number
1: i would say like just under five thousand. okay which let me say when i first started instagram i already had when i say started i mean this year when i was like i got the presets started taking good photos started taking it seriously making a cohesive feed and all that um i already had like 40 or 4,000 something from back when I did like follow and follow bots, stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so what really changed wasn't the followers, but I started to look like a brand
0: mm-hmm. because
1: I changed my feed and everything. Okay. So immediately after that, I, it's not like they were pouring in by any means, but it wasn't very long before I got like a brand. Uh, emailing me, which was actually like a local dentist office or something like that.
0: To so the dentist office, that was the first one. And they were- That local. was
1: the first one. And it's so funny because they asked me for a media kit and I was like, I have no idea what a media kit is. Like, uh-huh. what?
0: So you Googled <laughs> it?
1: So I, because I didn't know, I literally was like, I'll just do it for free.
0: Oh, <laughs> like, dang. it
1: was so stupid. <laughs> and so- uh I ended up doing this whole I mean I got the free like services but my insurance probably would have paid for it anyway but I was so excited anyway that I was promoting someone even though it was for free and it, they probably would have like, paid like a free me. teeth
0: cleaning out of it or something
1: yeah they did me and my kids like cleaned our teeth but it's funny they were offering to pay me they just wanted my immediate kit and I didn't have one.
0: <laughs> oh dang well well that's awesome you have four kids and then you got taken care of so you got five cleanings which is uh, at least yeah. 60 bucks like a minimum yeah,
1: yeah
0: yeah so you, you didn't kind of get paid even if insurance yeah whatever you're like I'm a star
1: yeah and honestly I still have that relationship like I've done fundraisers and they've like donated stuff so like it's still like a contact that I have
0: cool and did that connection make you start to realize what if I just focus on local businesses um, or what other trades can I make in my local market it's
1: funny because I don't think it clicked for me then because I had no idea what I was doing to be completely honest I was like what I don't know what they're asking for like (laughs) um but I think when it hit me for the local thing. That should have been the clue, but I think when it just became more consistent, like when cell phone companies, like, were having a local campaign, because I've had two major cell phone companies. Well, how many are there? Three or four? <laughs> I've already worked with two of them. Uh huh. Um, because they had local campaigns or whatever. And I think once I realized a lot of these big companies were having regional campaigns, that's when it kind of clicked for me. Okay, and that's when
0: you got. You, was that the deal that you told me where they told you their budget was four hundred or something? No, that was
1: a restaurant. <laughs> that was a restaurant. A restaurant. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, it, it was a, you did one for AT and T, and then was it like Verizon or something?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I did one for AT and T. I am working with Verizon now. I'm actually going. They're paying for me to go to San Francisco next or tomorrow for three days for uh, Verizon summit. So.
0: For Verizon That's my first influencer, influencer summit. Trip. What is it like a Verizon influencer summit or? Yeah,
1: for mili- like military wives or something. And there's show I don't actually know because I don't have the itinerary yet. Oh wow! <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we're going to see new technology and we'll see but what happens. They
0: bought your flight in the hotel
1: and food. And, and food. there's like a like a gala type thing so we have to like dress like all fancy
0: (laughs) so i'm pretty
1: excited
0: and you're all like i don't know why we're here but i'm gonna post about them (laughs) when i get back home yeah dang that's crazy uh so so the thing is is those you did my friend
1: um which will probably listen to this she actually has less followers than me she has good engagement though um she's going too. So she has like 6,000 followers and they're paid for her to go. So it's not even like you have to be this huge influencer.
0: Wow. Okay. So you just got a, is she branded as a El Paso influencer?
1: Yeah, she is. She gets a lot of the same emails as me actually.
0: (laughs) Okay. So because you are able to be, I'm a local influencer for anyone looking for marketing in this city. And when these big companies are like, all right, which city do we need to attack next? Because Verizon might be looking at, hey, we only have 20% of El Paso residents with Verizon. What's the deal, right? Then they're like, all right, we've got to find El Paso influencers. And they're not looking, even though there might be some influencers that are like, "I'm I'm an American influencer, right? Like they don't really like, they're not branding themselves to be around the town they're in. Be,
1: yeah, and even if you're in a smaller in city, because El Paso is actually pretty big, because uh-huh. um, I'm actually from a small town in Kansas, uh, military brought me here, I would I would hashtag my small town if I live there, just for an example. Mm-hmm. I would hashtag it, but I would also hashtag the closest big city. So Kansas City is two hours away from my hometown, so I would hashtag Kansas City, KCMO, KC Kansas. I would hashtag Kansas City blogger. Like, mm-hmm. So done think of City like influencer? big cities close to you. What'd you say?
0: Have you done Kansas City Influencer?
1: No, I haven't done that one. Okay. Yeah, I should do that one
0: too. <laughs> I would try, yeah, try some of those. because uh, that's a good way to actually uh find influencers as well. As I I'll start on the blah blah yeah, blah. I'll influencer. do that one too.
1: I actually have gotten emails for campaigns in Kansas City and I have to be like, unfortunately I don't live there and then they don't really want me anymore. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, they're just, <laughs> so they're finding you. Because it'll hashtag. be like a local place that they want you to come like physically be there. Uh-huh. And like, I can't do that. So, but yeah, so okay. I still hashtag Kansas City just because it's my home turf. And uh, yeah, and I have enough. to turn down. <laughs> yeah.
0: Gotcha. Well, you're, you could be like, I can drive there. It's fine. Just- yeah,
1: right. Sometimes I'll be like, <laughs> if like these media companies will post things, I'll be like, I'll fly there.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Just, Just you pay for it right yeah exactly <laughs> um so essentially because you're playing in this smaller pool of when they're looking for an El Paso influencer so you said body positive is like yeah. one of your branding things so yeah. like they can be like all right let's find a body positive influencer oh 500k and she's not locally branded so they might be like oh well yeah, but she's like locally branded and has that local following, and that's really what our campaign is. So when they then look, then their options are you or some of your other friends that are around that that same follower yeah. total. So because of that, um, I won't talk about which company paid you what, but you have told me that you know you've gotten three hundred for a, a for a post before, four hundred for a post before. And generally speaking, 11K followers doesn't demand that unless you're exactly what that company wants. Yeah. Am I understanding that correctly? That that's kind of how you've been able to charge higher pricing rather than just being like, oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: I've just noticed that they're willing to pay more if it's like a target, like, because I've noticed there's other websites you can go on like Social Fabric and like, I don't even know all of them. And they will be like a national campaign for like, random things like international delight coffee creamer or whatever just random things uh-huh. and they will pay 200 300 even 500 for a post but you're competing with a national pool of influencers mm-hmm. and so those are really hard to get and i've noticed at least for me they're hard to get <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but- yeah
0: eventually maybe once you're over like 50 or 100 then then that's when you'll be playing there might be pool. easier to get
1: then, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, the, you have to have 10K to even get on some of these sites. And if you only have 10 or 11, 12, you might still be on the low end of what they're looking for. Uh-huh. One,
0: yeah, <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, before. I've noticed when it's local and it's niche, like, they're willing to pay. And sometimes I won't even say my rate. Sometimes they ask, but I usually try to have them spit me their number first. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's more than what I was going to ask for. So... I just think they're willing to pay more when it's uh, when they know what they want.
0: A lot of these companies come into it with a budget and they're like, as yeah. long as she says a number that's this or less, we'll do it. But if they can just tell you that number before you say it, yeah. no, then sometimes you can get that better deal. So uh, let's tie this into the media kit too because uh, so after you Googled media kit, what did you learn and what can you tell us what it what it is?
1: Okay, so a media kit, which, like I said before, that dentist office asked me for one. and I was like, I don't know what that is. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I was like, I guess I better figure it out for next time. And I actually, I don't, use, a lot of brands don't ask me for it. It's funny because they were the first one and a lot don't ask. But what uh-huh. I actually use it for is to outreach myself because it's more professional and it's easier because you just attach it as an attachment. So I use Canva. You can probably use any kind of like publishing site like that and uh i just googled media kits for like what it's like a resume for social media so you google it everyone's gonna have a little different format template whatever but i just kind of copied the information that i liked so mine has uh what my community is about it has my best pictures and at the time when i made it my pictures weren't that great (laughs) but i just put the best ones that i had um I just put two so I put one on the cover and one on the second page and I just put a little paragraph about my community and my platform a little paragraph about me as a person and then my stats so I put like um how many of my visitors are women or kind of whatever brands you're going to reach out to you want to tweak those stats like obviously keep them real like what your real stats are Uh but like it's like your resume put put on there what you know they're looking for
0: yeah yeah put present them with obviously the real information but the real information that is actually going to be relevant to them i I actually have it pulled up right now so it's basically this uh two-page document with the pink and white theme it's real cute something i could never make uh because i don't have uh, i don't even
1: like pink but it was the best template i could find
0: (laughs) oh yeah okay it's a template so yeah canva i mean canva's so awesome um, so yeah, it's so basically got your uh, about your community, a, a little bit about you as far as you know what brand of influence you you are. You got your weekly reach, weekly impressions, um, how many followers you have, engagement rate, unique visitors per week, stats like that that are really good. And then like stats about your audience and you know like right here, seventy five percent female, ages twenty to forty four. The stats that these people are looking for. Um, And that's how you not only can send them that info if they ask you for it, but you said that's kind of how you've done some outreach when you're looking.
1: Yeah, so my first big one was a local um, tattoo removal doctor who is awesome. Uh, He, I actually reached out um, to a couple local tattoo removal places and because I wanted this tattoo on my chest removed it's like halfway gone now so it looks all like beat up <laughs> But um, I see it's the
0: Instagram marketing I, secrets podcast tattoo which I thanks so much for getting that but why are you getting it removed <laughs>
1: um so I just sent him uh or I sent the email like I went to their website found their contact email and was like local influencer collaboration this was like the first one that i ever did i think and i like that i outreached myself and i was like just want to know if you want to work with a local influencer um for a marketing campaign for your office here's my media kit for uh let me know if you have any questions and yeah that was my first one
0: okay and And, and they they traded traded service uh or service and money
1: um, I traded service. In hindsight, I know people who ask for service and money, mm-hmm. but I wasn't comfortable at that level yet. Because I think at a- that point I had like six thousand followers. Okay,
0: and it's already a decently expensive service.
1: Yeah, like it's once it's all said and done, it's probably like over a thousand dollars. Oh wow! Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, six thousand followers, um, and then you needed. But tattoo I know removal. people who at ten thousand followers traded. Their like traded their services for Botox, traded <laughs> their services for like hair extensions. Uh-huh. <laughs> like my friend, one of my good friends, she's like, "Yeah, I get whatever I want."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah but marketing um, is uh, I, that, that's probably the thing that's almost newer because we were talking about like you know Instagram is still a newer platform, and even though it's like seven or eight years old, and it's maybe starting to to plateau a little bit um like it's still gaining but it's you know maybe plateauing on total followers is that a lot of businesses are new to catching on to all right yeah. what's this influencer marketing thing that we've heard about for three years but we thought sounded stupid and now that more companies are coming in looking for that it, yeah it makes the opportunity a little bit easier
1: it does make it easier because and i think that it'll change a little bit like if that's why engagement's gonna be so important because or it is important, but I think it's uh-huh. going to become more important because I think right now some brands don't understand the analytics. Uh-huh. And so they'll hire you based on your follower account or whatever. Um, but I think as time goes on, like your engagements are really going to matter even more. So that's why I definitely wouldn't do follow and follow and bots and buying followers and all that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, they're going to catch on to What's the second stat we should ask for? <laughs> you know, yeah. ask for followers. Yeah. We only asked for followers last time. And the post yeah. got four likes, <laughs> even then they have 100k. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, engagement percentage. Uh, very important because they will be able to look that up using websites like flanks.com, P-H-L-A-N-X.com. That's, I believe, the main one. That's what I use, but you can get like yeah. a, a hard number. That, that's what you've used as well?
1: Um, I've used that one, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. So you can get like a hard number on your engagement percentage. And generally speaking, anything over three when you're over 10K is like the the, the good to great range is like three to 10% uh, yeah. or like three to 7%. Or I mean, anything over two is still a lot more than a lot of people have at yeah. that level. But like yeah, you said, I definitely up up. feel better
1: when I'm like above three. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because they the stat from Sprout Social last year was that the average was one point six. So that's probably the number they're seeing. And if you're over that, then you yeah. look good in their eyes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So, what are some of apart from going to San Francisco tomorrow, and <laughs> who knows what they'll teach you there? Uh, what are some <laughs> of your your plans that you're excited for in the future? Um. And what doors do you think have opened up that you're like, you know what, this is like the next thing that I want to go for with influencer marketing, or I need to do more reach out. I need to find more companies that do this. Um, what's something that you're excited for?
1: Okay. Something I'm really excited for that I just actually learned from another, like much larger influencer than me is, uh, she donates one ad campaign a month. To either like followers who like nominate people, or like charities or whatever, and she put out this challenge like all influencers should you know if they want to donate one ad campaign a month. So now I'm like, okay, I'm totally gonna do that because it's gonna make me more excited about my ads because I got to a point where I was like getting burnt out with ads. (laughs) Like I was like, I don't know, like if I'm in it for the right reasons anymore. And then like that relit my fire and like reminded me like there can be a good side to this. And if more people saw that, mm-hmm. that they might actually, and I've noticed that with her account specifically, like people engage with her ads now because they know that she's like doing good things. And, and so, she literally it. will tell people we need more engagement on these ads. Like, don't just scroll past them. Like if you want me to get more ads to help these people or whatever, like yeah. you have to comment on my ads. And it's just like, so, uh, heartwarming, I guess is the word to see yeah. that people will like pay attention to an ad now that they know that it's not just for whatever you know yeah at the beginning
0: if you're only getting deals here and there you kind of want to like take them because you're like well it's that or nothing um and then then as you get bigger if you get more people reaching out then you can be selective with which brands do I actually want to promote and are in line with my brand um but yeah then you can support uh, a charity or whatever that you want to donate to and i mean people like everyone wants to help out with charity right but it's like yeah. how do i do it without just sending you like 50 bucks every month so that's yeah. a that's a cool way yeah right? that's
1: a way like they can help you help charity by engaging on your posts and it's just kind of a comes full circle yeah and i've never actually seen someone approach ads that way and get people so like excited about an ad like who you have to be a good influencer to get people excited about an ad <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Then you <laughs> you gotta really be speaking from the heart on that product, and and, and not sounding probably salesy and markety is yeah yeah probably the big difference that it's not spotted as an ad right away. Yeah. like they say, good advertising
1: blends in
0: with the rest of the feed. It doesn't. Yeah, like that.
1: so that's my new strategy coming into twenty twenty <laughs> is to like get my audience on the ad campaign journey with me. Okay, <laughs> and maybe like include them more in on it. And like what I'm like doing with it, and it makes me like reinvigorated, I guess, to get back into it. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. Because at the end of the day, I mean, it is uh e- even if you're just doing it for a year, and you're if you're posting like every day or every two or every three days, that still is a good amount of commitment. So you have to be enjoying what you're doing to to be yeah. And
1: especially now with stories like you're on store. Like now influencers have to be on stories all the time. So that's even more commitment.
0: Yeah. Right. Always putting something out for your own followers. Um, so yeah, it is a commitment. You got to like what you're doing. Um, so there, there's plenty of people who listen to this show that, uh, there's some that own businesses. So some probably got a lot of great value just in terms of, um, you know, your content tweaks and, and various things for how they can get more reach. And then there's a bunch that love the idea of, even if they never get paid a dollar, if they can be like, if I can shout out Taco Bell and get a free gordita, like, that would be <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> so um, if they want some extra help, if they've been trying for a while and they're, it's just not working for them, uh, is it okay if they, they reach out and DM you and just kind of ask for some help? with what they're doing
1: yeah for sure like I'd love to like give you guys some tips if you want to get in my dms I love to help people with this stuff and if it turns into a bigger thing and we need more help we can discuss that further but I'm just love the idea of helping people get started with their media kit or whatever it is (laughs) Yeah, it's fun connecting with people, especially if they're like, I heard you on the podcast. Yeah, I know. I'll be so excited because I'll be like, "Well, oh, this is weird. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always- I always go find people after I'm on a podcast and I think of them as like a celebrity because I heard them on a podcast and then they're like a real person with like, you know, they're not these like mega followers people. And I'm like, wow, they're just a normal person. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, I I I've gotten it sometimes too like, cuz most people that have that I bring on the show like I said I've been like listening to the podcast and they're like oh my god you're like famous I'm like oh I've I've like 1573 followers currently so If you're famous to
1: me, I would felt that way too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's on my IDM Secrets account, by the way, guys. I have a much bigger account that I actually gathered my Instagram marketing tips before I started a podcast. So that's just our (laughs) podcast account, just to clarify. Um, But Chanel, anything else you'd like to say um, to people before we sign off here?
1: Um, I guess I would just say like, if you really want to get in the influencer world, like don't feel bad just doing stuff for like, just to dabble in it. I, my, my first paid campaign was like $10 with Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> like, don't be afraid to just like put yourself out there because it gets you more comfortable. It's fun. And before you know it, you'll be able to just, you'll know how much you're worth for a post and you'll be there. It's only been a year and I'm already there. So, yeah. <laughs> and I hope I'll be even more there. <laughs> Yep.
0: years to come <laughs> yeah exactly i mean once, once you get over that uh the speed boost of you know 2k 5k 10k kind of all have like a, a growth boost and it looks like uh some of your last posts have gotten more likes than any of the other ones so guys um again thank you so much chanel for being on the podcast her uh handle is chanel whitley so that's s-h-a-n-e-l W-H-I-T-L-E-Y, reach out if you've got some specific questions for her, or if you just want to say thanks so much for coming on the podcast, then we always really appreciate hearing anything from you guys. Um, So Chanel, thanks so much again, and have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. (laughs) Bye. For you guys, thank you so much for listening to the end. You truly are a badass for listening to that entire interview. So many people just make it through the first half and then they don't finish it, and you're really missing so much stuff because the end of these interviews is always where we get to the real mean potatoes. So I have a reward for you for making it to the end. If you leave me a review of the podcast, DM me a screenshot of it. I'm gonna hop into your account and give you three tips specific to your business. I know there's only so many of you. We're going to make it to the end of the interview and hear this part. That means you're committed uh, to what your business is trying to do and everything that you're trying to do out in the world. And I would like to reward you. Of course, I'm still asking for the review, but hey, that's a solid trade in my opinion. And it's not something I can offer at the the beginning of the episode without just getting blown up by way too many uh, screenshots and everything like that, that I have to then deliver on. So Again, leave a uh, review of the podcast. Screenshot it. You're going to want to screenshot it before you submit it because it takes a little bit for it to actually show up, especially if you do Apple Podcasts. Then uh, DM me at IGM Secrets that screenshot. I'm going to hop into your account. I'm going to give you three tips that have not been covered on the podcast that are very specific to your exact account and it's going to be strategies that you can apply immediately to start gaining more followers start converting those profile visits into people who want to follow you so what I mean by that getting your post to go f- further looking at your hashtags whatever needs to be fixed right away so that you can start getting results I'm going to find that out for you and I promise I always over deliver on these analyses so um, guys stay tuned for the recap interview next week or not the recap interview but the recap episode of the interview. And I'm going to dive in and give you my two cents on how you can become that local micro, uh, local micro influencer and carve out your niche. So you can get started right away. I will talk to you guys next week.